So arena football is usually all about the offense, Jack, but we're going to yep. talk to a guy who was an all-world defender for the Columbus Lions. Exactly, Rex. You know, we always, we're always used to the high scores, you know, breaking the scoreboard, <laughs> but this man broke records on the defensive side of the ball, and you're going to get to meet him. This is episode number 29, the John Smoltz episode nice. of On Your Sidelines. When the final buzzer sounds, the game is over, but their story isn't. Time to hang out on the sidelines and learn the real stories of these sports icons. Welcome to the On Your Sidelines podcast with the News 3 sports team. Hey, bring it in, everybody. I'm Sports Director Rex Castillo, joined by... Weekend Sports Anchor Jack Patterson. Guys, we have an incredible episode for you. We're going to the arena football game with one of the best to ever do it. Before we get to that, though, Jack... Talking about arena football, you are dressed to dress it perfectly for that theme. Exactly. If you're going to talk about arena football, then you got to wear arena football merch, right? So this is my Georgia Force jersey that I've had for God knows how long. <laughs> I don't. I forgot when I bought this, but I've had this forever. But the Georgia Force was Georgia's arena football team in the AFL. Uh, way back in the 2000s, owned by the Atlanta Falcons, mm -hmm. you know, won a couple of elite, uh, conference championships, came also close to winning a couple of arena bowls. So, uh, obviously, a lot of fond memories of this squad. Wish they were still around, but we got an arena football team in town that we love to death, Absolutely. and we're going to talk to one of the greatest players of all time. But first, Rex, who are you repping today? Going with the Columbus Blue Devils, look, they had a tremendous spring from the soccer teams. Both of them, their soccer team was ranked top in the state for a long time. Their tennis team always does really well. Their baseball team had a tough fight against North Oconee, and, you know, that's just David versus Goliath at that point. But a tremendous amount Boys of tennis team in the Elite Eight coming up as well. And boys tennis team in the Elite Eight, speaking from our tennis expert. But now we are joined by a man who teams feared when they had the game plan for him. Welcome in, Damien the Nighthawk Daniels. Thank you so much for joining us, sir. Yes, sir, man. I'm glad to be here. Man. Glad we was finally able to get this done. Absolutely. Now, it feels cool to talk to somebody who has their their uh, their number retired by the Columbus Lions. <laughs> Before we get to all of that, where did you get your love for football, though? Uh, I mean, just a kid. Just, you know, just like any other kid. Um, sports is the first thing on my mind as soon as I wake up in the morning. <laughs> And, you know, to be honest with you, basketball was actually my first love just because, you know, basketball is a sport that you didn't have to have anybody to, yeah. you know, to play. So, but um, once I, I think I got about seven years old, I started playing football and then that first year, you know, I kind of fell in love with it and it's been on ever since. The football thing looks like it worked out, huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Most definitely. So, I know you're from Columbus, man. So, who'd you play for when you were playing you know, as a kid? I played for Edgewood Red Devils. Let's go. Yeah, yeah, yeah I played for the Edgewood Red Devils, man. So, yeah. not only do you have a couple of Shaw Raiders, you got a couple of Edgewood Red Devils in your ranks. <laughs> love it. Absolutely love it. Right. What's it about the, like, I guess the culture of youth football here in the in the city? It's special because there are a lot of people who fall in love with it, but also a work ethic is just instilled in y'all at a young age right. as well. And, and, you know, it, it was a little different when I was coming up. You know, they got a few different leagues now. You know, they got River City. They mm -hmm. got a travel ball. You know, but back when I was coming up, CYF was all it was. <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, actually, my mom actually wanted me to play for Club U. Okay. Um, I had a couple older cousins. They played for Club U. But they weren't really good at the time. <laughs> kind of, they were the bottom of the barrel type team. So my dad stepped in and he was like, nah, listen, we're going to do it. We're going to do it the right way. There we're, you go. We're going to go with the top competition and, you know, we're going to go where the best players were. So, you know, that competitive edge was, it was natural from the beginning. That's awesome. So as you get older and you start, you know, get, taking football a little bit more serious, you know, 
what was it about the game that you made you think like, man, I can might be able to do this for a living? I mean, it was just the competitive nature, you know, to be honest with you. You know, I always wanted to win and everything I did. So um, football just kind of, you know, you can't be soft playing football. You know, you got to kind of have a little chip on your shoulder and a little grit to you. So you know, I've always had that as a kid, so I kind of just fit right into it. And then you take your high school career with the Shaw Raiders, as as oh, yeah. we know that Shaw U is in the building. Shaw yes, sir. U. Yes, sir. Take and then Always. you and then, <laughs> the old, <laughs> then you go play for Coach Flowers, who right. we had as a guest here, and we learned. I think we learned so much just listening to him. What was it like playing for a man like that? Oh who, man, it was it was almost like playing in college, wow. you know. And that's where the Shaw U term came from, actually. You know, just because we were such you know high standards, you know, when it came to everything we did. So, you know, that's kind of how, like I say, the name came about. You know, our athletic program was ran like a university. Mm. So you had to be serious about it. There was no half-stepping. And, um, you know, it was just accountability and just so much leadership in that program that, you know, we had so many great guys come out of it. It's, yeah, it's, that's kind of leading to my next question. You had a ton of talent on those <laughs> right. teams right. back in those days for Shaw. You know, what was it like playing with those guys? You know, yeah, several guys who went on to play, you know, pro- professionally. Right. I'm, and, and that was the thing. You know, you we knew if you came to Shaw, you came for a reason. You know, okay. it just wasn't, hey, I'm at Shaw High School. I'm going to play football. You know, that, that wasn't the case. You know, if you if you were there, you were there for a purpose, and everybody was on that one common goal. So it was kind of easy to kind of just keep things going and, you know, just feed off of the guy next to you. That's a really special culture to have because I know that other teams, it's really easy to become, to see selfish players or right. the players that stand out. Right. I, I'll be honest, if I was a five-star recruit, I'd have a hard time being humble. <laughs> but to, to be in a program where, like, you and there's a lot of player accountability, right. was that a big key to your success? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Like I say, and it was all about winning. You know, it was all about winning. Like I said, we all had that one common goal. So, I mean, we worked and worked and worked, man. We hardly had any time off, you know, after the first, the last game of the season. You know, we had the standard two weeks, and it was right back to the grind. Wow. You know, so, you know, that was just how we were built, and that's all we knew, to be honest with you. How tough is a Coach Flowers practice? It is very tough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to the point where, you know, no lie, I went to West Georgia out of, out of high school. Right. And I remember talking to my dad um, just, you know, once I got there, just telling him about practices and how things were going. And, you know, he asked me how tough it was. And I, to be honest, coming from Shaw, this is easy. (laughs) 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 To be honest with you. So it was was definitely, you know, what, what I needed. How how much fun was it to play on those teams at Shaw? You had so much success, always right. making deep playoff runs. How much fun was it to play on those it, teams? It was it was great, great man. And you know you don't really understand it till you kind of look back on it. Um, but just playing in the the magnitude of the games that we played in, I think that's what made it so special. Um, because I have family and friends, and even you know guys that I played against, you know they'll see me and we still talk about those you know certain games. So. Um, just the magnitude of the games was was what was most special. Was there a particular game that stands out to you? Oh yeah, my my sophomore year, my sophomore year, we played the region championship down in Fort Valley. We played Peach oh, County. Oh boy, Peach oh Peach, Peach County. County, yeah. Played Peach County in the region championship my sophomore year, and when I tell you it was freezing cold, <sighs> one of the coldest games I ever played in. I remember looking up in the stands, and all you saw was blankets. <laughs> you know, you just saw blankets across the whole road. You saw people hit peeking out, you know, because it was so cold. You know, looking around the field, you see all the smoke coming out of the guy's mouth. 
And, um, you know, no one had ever went to Peach County and beat them okay. for a region championship. So, you know, we were the first team to go down, and it actually went to overtime, 0-0 zero, zero the whole game. And we end up busting one. Uh, my, my, one of my best friends, Lamar Lucas, he ended up busting one right up the middle. And overtime, we won at 7-0. It's hard to go to Anderson Stadium and win in Fort Valley, man. Oh, yeah. It's oh, hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They have a wonderful program down there, man. So, you know, it was, it was a big win for us. Man, that's incredible. So you you graduate from Shaw, and your next stop, as you said, was West Georgia. Right. You know what was it about West Georgia that you know made seem like it was the you know next step in your career? It was actually the coaching staff. You know, um, that's one thing that you know I'm seeing even now. It's about the relationships that you build. You know, and um, the coaching staff, the guys that recruited me. You know, I was just – I was one of their favorite guys, and, I, you know, I kind of fell in love with my recruiting coordinator. He was actually the receiver coach, uh-huh. but, um, you know, he ran this area. And um, we just had a great relationship. You know, I had a great relationship with him. Um, the head coach actually came to my house on the house visit, and um, it was just the bond that I had with those guys is what made me, you know, choose West Georgia. And not too far away from home, so it's it. Yeah, that, uh, that was always, <laughs> you know, a good thing, but, you know. So how did you end up in the – Indoor in, in the arena football world, like what, what piqued your interest about that? Well, I had a uh, a great friend of mine, Troy Bergeron. I'm uh-huh. sure there you go. I'm sure, y'all heard of him? Yeah, once uh, or twice. Right. So play wore this jersey. There you yeah, go. Exactly. <laughs> so he was actually playing arena ball while I was still in college, okay. and um, you know, he tried to get me. It was the War Dogs at the time, mm-hmm. the first team down here, and he was trying to get me to come and try out with him. But you know, I told him, hey, I still got eligibility in, in college, so I was trying that route. But um, once things didn't work out with me in college, you know, I came home and I actually sat for about three years because the War Dogs had folded at the time. Yeah. Right. So, you know, like three, maybe four years later, um, I walk into the gas station and, you know, they got the newspaper articles right there mm-hmm. in big, bold letters, Arena Football is back. And from that point on, I called Troy. I said, hey, I need you to get me ready for this workout, for this trial. Uh, me and him, we just got together every day and um, trained and worked out, and you know, I walked out on the open trial and ended up making the team. And uh, what a lot of people don't may not realize, you know, the newer fans, is that that wasn't with the Lions. That was with the Chattahoochee Valley Vipers. Right, right. What was it like playing for that squad? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Here's what we got the good stories, people. <laughs> uh, it was a little up and down, you know, to be honest with you, just because, you know, first-year first type organization, you know, a lot of bumps and rocks in the, yeah. in the way to kind of get this thing going. So I think that's why they were only around one year. But, you know, luckily the Lions came in and took over, and, you know, we've been able to keep this thing rolling. But that first year, it was it was definitely you know, an experience. <laughs> one of the best stories we, we heard from the Jason Gibson episode of On Your Sidelines right here is yeah. we talked about you, and he keeps remembering, like, there's this dude in red shorts. <laughs> <laughs> and he, everyone he tells else that story every time. <laughs> every single time. Right, yeah. When you go out there with that tryout, though, and the lines are back, of course, it, it's it's arena ball, and you've had not the greatest experiences with the, with the Vipers and right. the War Dogs. Did you want, how did you attack that tryout? Well, actually, I didn't have to try out that next year. Gotcha. Okay, my bad. Yeah, I didn't have to try out that next year. You know, he just kind of, you know, he knew that I wanted to play again, so he just kind of brought me on that next year. But um, going into that first tryout, you know, Troy did a great job of kind of preparing me. So even though I hadn't played it, you know, just knowing him and being around him, he really prepared me for what I was going to see. So that's why I had so much success early on 
know, especially in that trial, just guarding the high motion. I had mm-hmm. never got guarded yeah. that before. So he kind of just taught me everything it was to know as far as the receiver. I mean, he's so, a great teacher. Exactly. So, <laughs> like, I mean. One of the greatest arena wideouts of all time. Exactly. So, you know, I, I definitely had the advantage, you know, in that point. So, what take us kind of behind the scenes into that first year of the Columbus Lions, you know, starting everything up. Well, that first year, you know, it, it, it was fun just because I was one of the only guys. I think it was me and one other guy from that past year's team that kind of transferred over to the Lions. So, it was kind of like we were starting over all again, you know. So, uh, and on top of that, my first year with the Vipers, first game, first series, I tear my MCL. Oh. Yeah, partial tear to my MCL. So, I missed the majority of the season. I think I came back and played in maybe the last three games. Dang. So, it was almost like I was a rookie again, mm-hmm. you know. So, I was just happy to get the opportunity and be back playing football. So, you're getting with the Lions. You find a lot of success. I mean – Obviously, in arena ball, we're used to seeing scores in like the '60s or the '50s. Right, right. What was it about, like, just being on the defensive end and kind of ruining all that for? for uh, it, w- it was actually after I got hurt, I moved in. One of my roommates was the quarterback. Gotcha. It was Andrico Hines, one of the best quarterbacks I've ever played with, one of the smartest guys I've ever played with, and he is the one, along with what I had already learned with Troy, he is the one that really taught me the big picture of the game. Mm-hmm. You know, just hey, what the quarterback is taught. When he sees this coverage, where's the ball going? So once I kind of got that and put it together with what Troy taught me, along with my athletic ability, that's when the game kind of slowed down for me and I was able to you know, start making a lot of plays. Is a short memory kind of a, a key as being a defensive back? Oh, yeah, kind of? you, gotta be, you got to. You know, because you know, I coach one of my guys now and he's never played the middle. Okay. Right, mm-hmm. so the middle is a – Whole different beast. <laughs> whole, the middle is a whole different beast when you talk about arena football. But he had never given up a touchdown. So you know, one thing in arena football, you're going to give up touchdowns. So you cannot harp on it. You just got to let it go and move on to the next play. And you know, I was able to learn that pretty quick. Even the interceptions. You know, you can't live on that too high mm-hmm. because you can have an interception, come back and give up a touchdown. So you know, you got to just stay focused and locked in. Man. When in your career did you really feel like that? You know. Okay, I think I've got some staying power here. Uh, I think it was about that second year. That second year going into it. Um, the first year I ended up, I think, having 13 interceptions. Mm-hmm. I had 13 interceptions, one defense player of the year. And, um, you know, a lot of people, hey, it's easy to have one good year. You know, mm-hmm. but when I came back that next year and it was almost the same success, you know, I'm saying, okay, I think I, think I got a hold on this. You know, and I think I can – I think I can make a future out of this, you know. So <laughs> it just kind of took off from there. What I love about also on the defensive side for arena ball, there's really nowhere to hide for the quarterback because, like, for example, if there's a lockdown corner on one side in regular football, right. all right, we're just not going to throw it to that side of the ball. Right, right. Did you enjoy that? Like, you that's, const- that's what I fell in love with, you know, because every year I went into it and I'm like, okay, there got to be somebody that's going to not throw to me. But, you know, Jason Gibson, he was a hell of a coach, man, and, he did a great job of just using my, my skill set. So he kind of forced everything to kind of come my way, <laughs> you know. So uh, we kind of built the defense around my skill set. And like I say it's hard for a quarterback to really throw away from me. So, you know, I was able to just kind of sit back in the middle of the field and, you know, cherry pick a little bit. <laughs> so, yeah, I got to imagine that at one point there's got to be some funny stories about the, just the amount of interceptions you were getting, <laughs> you know, year in and year out. Where you, 
know, have you ever had a quarterback just like, why are you terrorizing us like this? <laughs> I, was, I mean, I would have quarterbacks that would – I knew it was over because they would come – to the arena, I'm warming up, and I'll just feel people looking at me, just feel people watching me working out, and I'm like, okay, it's getting a little weird or whatever. <laughs> and, then, and then, you know, I had so many guys that would come up to me during the coin toss or during warm-up saying, hey, I'm not going to throw your interception today, or I'm going to make sure you won't get one today or whatever. You're already in their head. As soon as they said that, I know. You are thinking about me this whole game, so I know I got you. <laughs> so it, it's going to come a point where you're going to have to, you're going to make a mistake and I'm going to let you hear about it. You know, so. So and how does it feel being on the receiving end of that? I mean, it's just, just like anything else, man. But, you know, to be honest, my mindset was once the ball was in the air, I turned into a receiver myself. That's so it was just once the ball was in the air, if you don't catch it, I'm going to get it. That, that was my mindset. You, you helped the Lions climb to the top of the mountain in several different leagues. Right. What was it like winning that first one, though? Oh, man, that first one, it was it was a struggle, you know, just because it, it was great because we had went the first year, the very first year in 2007. Mm-hmm. You know, we made a run, had a home championship game, and we ended up coming up short. So to be able to get back and climb back and be in that same situation and finally get it done, it was, it was amazing, man, and one of the most memorable championships that I won. Is that your favorite one out of the three, or did all three of them have a uh, I can't say it's the favorite, but Got it you. was definitely one of the most important just to get that first one. Got you. And you've had an opportunity to be about uh, be a part of so many, you know, historic parts of this franchise. Right. You know, you're one of the cornerstones of the franchise. Yep. Right. So being being there for those moments, you know, looking back on it, you know. I, do you think it played a you know a role in the success of the Lions even today? Oh yeah, most definitely. You know, we talk about me and Coach Gibson talk about it all the time. You know, me and him, I think right now are the only two that have been around since day one. Wow. So um, to see you know where we came from and where we were, the buses that we took, <laughs> opposed to us taking flights now, nice. it, it was you know it, it's, it's been a journey, man, but a great one to be on. You know, so I'm just, I'm just glad to be a part of it. Is there? I asked you about the Shaw, the Shaw career. Is there a certain game uh, with the lines that that sticks out, or a certain interception, or is there a certain matchup that you always enjoyed? Uh, the All Bennett matchup, of oh, course. Yeah. Was always, yeah. <laughs> they were actually the Panthers then, but oh. uh, yeah, the All Bennett, All Bennett Panthers was definitely always a great rival, and um, you know I knew those guys personally, you know, before we even started playing. So to have that rivalry, and then we end up playing with each other, you know, a couple of years. I went to All Bennett. And then my last few years here, I brought some of those guys, okay. you know, to Columbus. So I think we won three championships together, you know, me and that crew. So, you know, that was always great to play against them. You and Coach Gibson, talk about that relationship because you guys still brain, remain pretty close. You're obviously on the same coaching right. staff now. Right. What was it like playing for him? And he's a guy who understands arena ball, I think, just on a different level than everybody yeah, else. Yeah, he definitely does. I mean, even early on. You know, him being a young guy, you could tell that he had a lot of experience, you know, because he played. And then, you know, he got into coaching. So, um, and I and I think, you know, him being an underdog himself kind of, you know, he saw some of me in him, you know, because, I mean, let's be honest, you know, my size and, you know, things like that, you know, I wasn't going to get an opportunity, you know, too many other places. So, I think that's why, you know, me and him kind of connected so well because he saw some of me in him, just the underdog. But um, it's been great to play for him. And like I said, um, especially early on, he really catered to my skill set and not just threw me out there. And um, I think that's kind of what helped my success. 
So one question I do have to ask, you have one of, I have to, I'll be honest, one of the best nicknames I've ever heard. <laughs> this is true. This is very true. Do yeah. you do you know when about or maybe who created the Nighthawk? I do know who created it. I don't remember the exact year, but it was uh, Matthew Hester. It was Matt Hester. He was uh, the media guy, and I think he did live broadcasts on the radio for our games, our away games. And um, we were in Huntsville, Alabama. I don't remember the exact year. Mm-hmm. I think it was 08, maybe. I'm not sure, but um, we was in Huntsville, Alabama, and I was having a pretty good game. I think I had two interceptions in the first half. And during halftime, he made a reference to a couple of plays I made saying that I kind of came out of nowhere like a hawk in the night. So the next half, I ended up getting my third interception, and that's when he calls me the night hawk. And after that, he kind of used it in the article he wrote. He started calling me that when he interviewed me. And they thing, you know, every arena I went into, it was a night hole. <laughs> man. It really is one of the best nicknames <laughs> out there, man. Like, no seriously. matter league, sport, man, yeah. it is dope. It just sounds right. intimidating. Exactly. And then watching some of the highlights, I mean, they're – I think Coach Gibson mentioned this. I was like, is there ever a 50-50 ball with Damien? He's like, no, it's Damien's ball. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> <laughs> there was one. I think he had a couple one-handed interceptions. Yeah, oh, yeah. my Lord. Yeah, I yes. had, had a couple of those. But, um, so he just says it so humbly, man. <laughs> Come on. Yeah, like, and like I say, I just, I just took it as, you know, that was my job. If the gotcha. ball is in the air and I see it thrown, what makes it yours more than mine? And that, that was my mindset. So, like I said, if you didn't get it, I was definitely going to catch it. Is there a specific receiver that you love covering? Loved covering? I mean, the easy ones. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, I mean, I, I, I took it except to every challenge, man. You know, um, John Harris and all Ben, he was a guy that, you know, I loved to compete against just because of his competitive nature. We actually met over the phone, you know, talking trash to each other before the game. <laughs> so, it was, you know, I loved competing against him. Um, it was a guy, Jordan Jolly, in uh, Nashville. Um, he he gave us some some trouble, but I knew when every time I played him, I was gonna have to bring my A game. Um, and it, it's a few more guys out there, you know. Um, Charlie McClain, he actually plays with us now. He played in Alabama for okay. a couple of years, and we had some heated battles. So just the guys that kind of really made you step up, and you knew you were gonna have to come to work. Those are the guys that I enjoyed, you know, playing against. What I love about this league, is, or even the Lions in general, you bring in guys who played in big-time SEC games or even, like, guys for, who, who have tremendous careers at 11-man. What is right. the adjustment period like for you now as a coach as well? It's like, all right, I know you played in these places wherever. That was right. 11-man. This indoor game is just something different. It is definitely different, you know, and I think every guy understands that as soon as he gets here. If they don't know it before they get here, as soon as they get into it and then they get on the field, they kind of see it like, wait a minute, it's, it's football – but it's definitely different, you know, just the angles. Um, everything moves so much faster. Um, you don't have – you got little or less um, room for error. You know, if it's a if it's a mistake, it's a touchdown instead of a, a big game. So just little things like that, you know, guys that they really have to adjust to. And um, more about, especially on the defensive backside, the quarterback is not really throwing to the receiver like the outdoor game. Right. You know, you're throwing more to spots and things like that. So you just got to learn the little little kinks to, you know, help you help you play the game. What was the biggest thing that you learned from going from the 11-man to the arena game? I mean, just how fast it was, how fast it was, and just the certain angles. And I learned, hey, he's not running this route specifically on me 
he's trying to get to this spot. So once I learned the certain spots of the field, and if you go back, man, Coach Gibson talk about it all the time. You know, he says he can open up his playbook, and no matter what the play is, no matter what the route combination is, it's going to be in this – you're going to end in these same spots. You know, so once you kind of learn those things, the game starts slowing down for you and you kind of kind of get it a little bit. What I um, – after your career – at what point in your career where you said, like, you know what, and I know it's always tough for every athlete. What what when you get to that point? What was the deciding factor? Like, okay, I, I think I need to step away from from playing now and hang up the pads. I just really didn't have anything else to to prove. Didn't have anything else to prove. I had won championships. Mm-hmm. I did everything that I wanted to do in this league, and um, you know, it was just time. You know, just time to move on. You know, I, I coach, so coach and train now. So you know, it was just time to kind of step away and let the young guys do it. <laughs> As a player, though, to play in front, I think what I love about Columbus, too, is that there are fans who genuinely love this indoor game and are right. very smart about it, know when to cheer, know when to understand. Right. What's it like playing in front of a passionate crowd like that? Oh, it is lovely playing in Columbus, man. And especially being from Columbus, I had so many family and friends there at the games. I mean, it's nothing like playing in your hometown. you know. And um, But Columbus has, has built a, a great tradition to the point where no matter where we go, Know, people talk about Columbus and they talk about our fan base and you know we've even reached a point where we have fans that travel with us now no matter where we are so you know that's always good to have that kind of support and when you hung when you hung, decided to hang up the pads but you never really stayed far away from the game oh yeah, oh, yeah. so let's talk about your foray in the coaching how did that start I mean I just we we actually talked about um, me coaching that very next year Okay. Um, after I retired, but um, it just wasn't enough room on the staff, to be honest with you. I mean, he had great coaches. I mean, Coach Reed is a great coach. He coached me. I learned a lot from him. So, you know, we kind of the same type player, same type guy. So there was really no room for me, to be honest with you. So, um, you know, I just had to kind of wait my turn, you know, wait my turn and never knew when it was going to be. But, you know, that first coaches me, and I remember Gibson, you know, he looked at me. He was like, you know, I, kn- I always knew it was going to come to this. <laughs> <laughs> he said he always knew it was going to come to this. So, you know, it was just a matter of time, to be honest with you. No one else will wear number four for the Columbus Lions. When uh, you got that call that Coach Gibson wanted to do this for you, for a lot of reasons, that you are a cornerstone of this organization. I know we, we talked about it when we interviewed you right. during the ceremony, that it's now that it's set in a little bit, your number's hanging in the rafters. What's that like for you as a player? I mean, that is a dream come true. You know, that is, like I said earlier, I think that's maybe the best compliment somebody can give you, you know. So for them to to see me in that light and to feel that way about me, I mean, it's a dream come true, man. And like I say, it's the ultimate comp, uh, compliment. Man, you and if you could tell the Damien that's playing that was playing for Shaw that one day his jersey is going to be hanging in the rafters of the Columbus Civic <laughs> Center, what would you tell him? I would not believe you. <laughs> I would not believe you. You know, even even you know in my career, I didn't see it. I didn't see it. You know, a lot of people, even the breaking the record and you know the MVPs and all that. I never really played a game for that, so I never really put much thought into it. You know, until after it happened. You know, but I had a lot of teammates telling me, you know, that things would happen, and you know, just I just stuck with it, and it ended up you know happening for me. You call this kind of a fairy tale career? I mean, you, you see pro athletes who go off where they grow up in one place but make a career happen in a different city. Right. It's different playing for home, as you just mentioned. Oh, yeah. So you, you play for home. You help bring championships home. 
right. then your home organization retires you. That that's that's one heck of a career. Exactly, and I'm I'm not done yet. No, so, absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. I'm not done yet. So, you know, it's definitely I'm I definitely want to leave my mark on the, on this area. You know, when I'm gone, you know, completely. You know, it's just not about the coach. I mean, just not about the plan. But like I say, I'm coaching now. I'm training, trying to train all the kids in this area, trying to just give them everything that I didn't have um, coming up. Because I mean, you know, one of my kids asked me the other day, like, "Hey, coach, what if you knew?" things you know now when you were my age and you know this was this is a freshman in high school asking me this wow. and I'm just like this is the whole reason of me being out here because of that very question you just asked me so you know that's that's where my mindset is now and that's what I want to you know continue to pass on to the next generation coach what what is it like being on the opposite side now you spent so many years as a player but now coaching the lines, coaching these players, coaching guys like Jarmon Forsen, who's a Columbus native yourself, right. himself, right. you know, Beast. Dar- Darren Daniel, you know, you're coaching all these phenomenal athletes. You know, what is it like, you know, instead of being one of those phenom- phenomenal athletes, you're now coaching these phenomenal athletes. I mean, it, it, it's great, you know, and the respect I get just because of my playing career, you know, definitely helps me out kind of, you know, have a better relationship with these guys. But, you know, I think my biggest – my biggest obstacle, my biggest adjustment having to make is I'm not playing. <laughs> you know? So just having to try to make it make sense to these guys and, hey, I need you to make the play the way that you're going to make it, not the way I would have made it. So I think that's the biggest adjustment that I'm having to make right now as a coach. But um, just to be back around those guys, man, and I actually got to play with, you know, Fortson and play with uh, Darren. So, you know, to be on the other side now, you know, it's even better. I could just see it. there's something's breaking down in the game, Jack. You could just see Coach Daniel. He's going, he's going, going out in the middle, make a pick. <laughs> um, I, I've heard from a lot of other coaches that they learn from their players just as much as they teach their players. What oh, have yeah. you learned from – what are some lessons you've learned being a coach, not only for the Lions, but also coaching some younger players? All right, well? just, just learning who they are, you know, to be honest with you. That first game and even the second game now, I'm still kind of learning who these guys are and uh, what their skill sets are. Because like I said about myself – um, you know, Coach Gibson and the staff, they did a very good job of kind of catering to my skill set. And that helped my career and that helped my success. So I want to be able to do the same thing for these guys and just not be tunnel vision and say, hey, this is the way I did it and, you know, this is how I had my success. You know, everybody doesn't get it like that. So my thing is just trying to learn each every each and every individual and what makes sense to you so you can be the best that you can be. Absolutely. So let's kind of delve into this next generation of what you're doing, working with these uh, athletes who are still in high school. Right. So kind of tell us a little bit about how you started that and, you know, what you're doing with them. Well, it it started just in my normal coaching career and um, coaching high school football. You just really understand and learn that it's only so much time in the day. Yeah. You know, and you can only teach this guy so much at practice because you have to do you you have to do so many other things. You know, you have to prepare for this other team. You're so worried about the scheme of things and just the big picture that sometimes the fundamentals of the individual kind of get put on the back burner. So when I was at Hardaway, I had a kid um, named Jakari Thomas, which me and him are still tight to this day. But he would always just call and text me and ask me to, hey, let's go to the field coach and, you know, work on this and work on that because he knew I was still playing at the time. So he knew I, I had a little more insight than the rest of the coaches. So, um, you know, it was really him that kind of just started me just doing the individual training and working on the individual fundamentals. 
And once I saw how much I helped him, he went back and told a friend, and he told a friend, and he told a friend, and next thing you know, it's 10 guys out here, you know, ready to work out, and it just kind of grew from there. Not every player has to do that. They don't, but do you genuinely enjoy coaching? And as you mentioned, you love giving back to kids to give them and pass them on, pass that knowledge on. What's it like for you as a coach when something clicks? Man, you know, one one of my kids said the other day, he was like, man, I've never seen you that happy ever. And it was because I worked and worked and worked. We probably did this one drill maybe 15, 20 minutes, you know, and the kid finally got it, and I went crazy. You know, and it's just, it's just so amazing to see him click and just to see them finally get it and to know that you were the one to help them, you know, kind of figure it out. Um, it, it's an amazing feeling. I'm, I'm from Texas, y'all. I, we love our high school football. There, there's some crazy talent out here. Oh, What's yeah. it like working with this, with this talent out here? I mean, it, it is crazy. I mean, I'm, I'm sure y'all have heard of A.J. Harris. Oh, oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah, so he, he was one of the first guys I had. I had him since he was, like, in the seventh grade. So I remember seeing him the first time, and I'm like, this kid's going to be a pro. Wow. He was just that good. You know, he was that good, just that fundamentally sound at that early of age. And you could just tell that he had something different than every other kid I saw. You know, so it's amazing when you see kids like that, man. I'm training even younger kids. You know, I got a couple of 10-year-olds that, you know, they go and they're ranked in the nation. And it's like some some of these kids, they just – they are born to pay, play football. You know, so – I want to do everything I can to help him out. God bless the receiver, a 10-year-old receiver who has to go up against a, a DB who's trained by the Nighthawk, y'all. Like, I mean, I'm just looking over that uncle like, hey, man, I know you came out here with your, with your camera and everything, and it's not going to happen today. Well, right. not only that, but, I mean, the dude who's training A.J. Harris, the founding member of the News 3, do not kick it to him. Yeah, right. <laughs> the rest is on you if you kick it to him. The right. rest, if you throw it to him, the rest is on you. Exactly. A kid like that, though, I think what's very special about him, but you also instill work ethic in them. So what's it like? Right. For to, to see them carry it out on, on game day? Because it's one thing to do it in practice or say the right things in front of you. Right. But when they carry it to other places in, in their life and in their, in their career, what's that like for you to see as a mentor? Right. I mean, it's amazing. You know, that's what it's all about. You know, just learning from everything that we're doing and understand that this is not just going to help you now. It's going to help you throughout your whole career. Not, and not just in football. You know, in life, you need some of these same work ethics, some of these same morals. So, you know, that's, that's the big thing that I try to pass on. And, you know, as you've, you know, progressed throughout your career, we've kind of seen you, you know, turn, turn, in, turn in from one of the best arena football players we've seen to now a mentor for the next generation. What is your goal for these kids? I mean, just to be successful as they can. You know, I don't have a, any particular goals for, for anyone, but um, I just want to give them all the opportunity that I can so they can live out their dreams. You know, if your dream is to, you know, go to college or, you know, just to get a degree, then use football as this platform and and do that, you know. But if you want to go to the next level and you want to go to the NFL, then I'm going to help you and I'm going to show you the things that you need to do to try to make that happen. There's so, a lot. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. No, you go ahead. Go ahead. Um, there's a one thing I was always really impressed with you is that whatever opportunity you were given, you maximized it. You know, a lot of people may, may feel sorry if I didn't get this opportunity or that opportunity. When the West Georgia signed you and then you go to the Lions or, right. you know, they, what's it, is, is there a certain, I guess, not feel sorry about yourself? Is that one thing you teach your kids that no matter what opportunity you get, you got to maximize you it? You got to take, take advantage of it, you know, and that's one thing that my dad kind of harped on me about. And he still, I think that's one of the most proudest things that he said about me is, 
you know, I kind of wrote my own story and did it my own way. You know, the same thing you just said, you know, whatever opportunity I got, you know, I, I made the best of it. And I did that because of the mistakes I made. You know, I, I screwed up, you know, two scholarships, you know, in college. So when I got that next opportunity, you know, I, I knew it. I was not going to do anything to screw this up. And ever since then, you know, that's been my mentality. But it's been because of the mistakes I made early. Knowing that you're a hometown guy and you've accomplished so much, how does it feel knowing that there's kids, you know, to this day that look up to you and, you know, follow your story and like, you know, I want to be like Damien one day. Right. It just, it just makes me feel accomplished. You know, like this thing wasn't, you know, for nothing. You know, if I had this career and, you know, did all these things and, you know, no one kind of learned anything from me, then what is it for? You know, so – I just, it just made me feel accomplished that I was able to be somebody's, you know, goal and somebody's dream and give them, you know, the the encouragement to kind of take that same path. Are you having more fun as a player or as a coach? Because as a coach, you're beaming with pride with all oh, these yeah. kids and what oh, they're doing. Oh, yeah. I'm actually having more fun as a coach, you nice. know, just because, you know, I can do what I do and be into it and I can go home and I feel great. <laughs> <laughs> no, no sore day, no sore after game day or anything like that. <laughs> right. You know, have a few headaches every now and then, you know, especially first couple games, been a little nerve-wracking. But, but yeah, I, I love coaching, man. Yeah, let's talk about the season going on right now. You're two and zero. You've probably given everybody a heart attack with these first yeah. two games. <laughs> An overtime going to win. overtime <laughs> right. against Jacksonville, and then a one point thriller down to the last second at San Antonio. What what do you see with this team that makes it special? Well, right now, I think this team is so special because we built this team exactly for the Ironman rule. Mm-hmm. We have so many athletes on this team; it's ridiculous, and I mean. <laughs> Guys that can play both ways, guys that can play two and three positions. So, I mean, I've never seen this much talent on one team, I don't think, in my career. So, that's the, I think that's the best thing about this team. But right now, you know, with the rules, we're still trying to kind of work out the kinks and kind of try to find the right formula, you know, to make this thing work. And, um, you know, hopefully by the end of the season we can, you know, be playing our best ball and try to make a run at it. Coach, we could talk to you for another two hours, but we got to wrap up here in a little bit. So, a couple okay. more questions for you. All right. What has the Lions organization mean, meant to you? Man, you know, every time I tell my, my life story or tell my story period, I have to give credit to the Lions. And I tell people all the time they pretty much saved my life. You know, just because, you know, like I say, I had been sitting for three, maybe four years um, after that college experience and really didn't have any direction, really didn't know have any plans or know what I was going to do with myself. And um, like I say, so having that opportunity to play for the Lions and just the way that they embraced me, I mean, it, like I say, it saved my life and it's a dream come true. That's why, you know, I'll, I'll always be around and always do everything I can to help. To the kids who are out there who are, you know, on this journey, on the journey now, you know, starting to, you know, build their careers, what would you tell them as far as, you know, what to do and, you know, the – what avenues they need to take. But the first thing is you got to be, you got to take this classroom as serious as anything. You know, one thing that my dad always told me was if you take care of the classroom, the rest will take care of itself. Just because he knew that I had the natural athletic ability that God gave me. So that's what I would tell any other kid as well. You know, if you were meant to do this, you're going to do it and he's going to make a way for you. But you have to do the little things. You got to take care of the classroom and you have to have a work ethic 
that exceeds everyone because everyone is out here working, you know, especially, you know, the, the resources that you have these days is on a totally different, you know, <laughs> level than it was when I was coming up. Yeah. So you got to take advantage of every avenue you can and all the resources out there, you know, you got to take advantage. You got to work your butt off, man, because somebody is always out there working. Well, we have uh, one question we got to ask, Jack. Again, we could talk to Coach for forever. Yeah. Yes, but, we uh, Jack, go ahead and hit him with that last question. All right, Damien, we got this one question we ask every guest with the caveat that you got to help us do it if this, if this goes down. Need your help, Coach. <laughs> so, who would you like to see us interview next? Oh, man. And you got to remember, we've already interviewed Mason, and we've already interviewed Jason. I would have to go with Jermon Force. Okay. Yeah. Ah, the Carver High School product. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Carver <laughs> High School product. But, you know, just just not that. I think his story is pretty unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, just from where he came from, you know, he's actually from Russell County. And uh, he came to Columbus, you know, later on in high school, came to Carver. And, um, but like I say, just his journey of going to Florida State and uh, North Alabama and then, you know, getting a couple opportunities, other opportunities, I think he would be a great guy to, you know, kind of – Find some details about him that a lot of people don't know. And an absolute walking highlight for the club. Exactly. Oh, yeah. He, he is definitely a freak. He's, he's been a walking highlight around these parts for about the last 15 years. Yes. Right. And it's so crazy because, you know, I'm a, I'm a lot older than him. Sure. And it's so crazy I got to play with him. But I watched him in high school. Mm-hmm. And I watched him he was in high completely school when take I was over games. Yeah. I, I watched him completely take he was over on, games. He was on those squads that Del McGee was coaching at Carver. Oh, exactly. for real? Yeah. Exactly. Coach McGee? Wow. Yeah. yeah so I was – you know, and you know me being that Shaw got to see that up close and personal. <laughs> unfortunately, <laughs> Coach, stick around for a little bit. We got to wrap this up. Um, I don't know about you, Jack, but w- I've run through a wall for Coach Daniels. Oh, you kidding? <laughs> of course. <laughs> Shout out to the Nighthawk. Thank you so much. Appreciate a, it, man. A man who from the city, built by the city, and has done so much for the city. I learned so much about him, Jack. Not only just the how great the player was, but even better person that he is. And onto a great, I'd say, Hall of Fame coaching career at this I point. I gotta say, he's well on his way. He may in the Fountain City, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> print the T-shirt. But, man, uh, just another great guest we've had here on your sidelines. I say it's 29 for 29, Rex. Pretty much at this point. But we'll, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up, shall we? Yes, sir. So, as always, thank you guys for listening and watching however you find us. Rex, where can the people find us? Guys, thank you so much again for joining us. You can find us always every other week on WRBL.com. But if you want to just check out the podcast version, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio is where you can find us. We try to stay active on social media. We'll share some clips from this incredible interview with Damian Daniels. And Jack, where can they find that at? Absolutely. You can find us on Twitter at Rex Castillo TV, at J Patterson TV. On Facebook, WRBL Rex Castillo, WRBL Jack Patterson. Make sure you follow those WRBL Sports accounts at WRBL Sports on Twitter and WRBL News 3 Sports on Facebook. Rex, my brother, take us home. Surprise, surprise. The Nighthawks shut it down yet again. Thank you so much to Coach He Daniels. shut it down in a good way. In a great time. <laughs> in a great time. Well, if you're a Lions fan, him shutting things down is always great. A Lions goat. Thank you so much for joining us. Guys, we'll be back in a couple weeks. 29 for 29. Inspired. Take care of the classroom. Take care of, the hard, of your hard work. Work harder than everybody else in the room. You'll be just fine. Do the work. Do the work, guys. See you guys next episode. See you for episode 30. Two weeks.